oh, 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 it's Mac and Bo on your radio, baby. This is my friend, Matt. Posh, come on, Posh. This is my friend, T-Bone. What's up, the fun? I can't go to work without listening to Mac and Bone. Do it live. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Mac and Bone with you. Six o'clockers, welcome to the party, baby. A lot of food talk today. We might make you hungry, but we're having a good time. More conversation about the Hornets winning their fourth straight in Utah last night. 4-0 and since the trade. Are you buying in? Are you allowing yourself to enjoy the new look Hornets? Or are you going to be one of those fun police guys out there? We'll talk about that coming up at 825. So stay tuned for that. Yes, sir. The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature right now, 51 degrees. Choose local. Choose Charlotte Comfort at Charlotte Comfort Systems. Dot com. Be careful out there. We got a, uh, you're driving around. We got a, a rainy Friday on our hands here. So be careful out there. Please. That is true. That is true, Bone Man. All right, let's do this. Time to talk some basketball uh, with a woman who uh, is one of the hardest working in college hoops out there, especially in ACC country. I think Let- she called four games in one day last week. <laughs> she, she, might do, she might do more games than Teddy Valentine does. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I watched last night as the Tar Heels upset the sixth-ranked Lady Pack last night in a rivalry game. Debbie's Damn right on, they did. Debbie's on the call. And what did Debbie tell us to, uh, yesterday when we were setting up this interview? That she'll be having meetings all day in Clemson. She's getting ready for another broadcast. But she's nice enough to take some time out to talk some round ball with us. She is Debbie Antonelli, who got a very nice honor while broadcasting at her alma mater, NC State, during the week. I know she was touched by that. Congratulations, Debbie. How you doing? What's going on? Hey, guys. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, it was a short night or a long night, depending on how you look at it. But uh, I'm here at Clemson after a drive from Chapel Hill, and I'm ready to go. That's good. I yeah, was we, wor- have to, we have to get your interview in before your next game starts. That is true. That is true. I was worried, <laughs> Debbie. I'm like doing the math. Man, she's not going to get much sleep before her 8 a.m. interview. But you are cranked, and you have the energy. Um, let's start with your alma mater, NC State. Um, they've lost so many close games. I mean, I was saying the other day, I mean, if they went to the five, six point or less games they've lost in the ACC, if they just win two of those, they're a 10 and five team in the ACC. And I think we're feeling differently. Um, what do you think about folks talking about Kevin Keats and his job status? What do you think the job that he's doing there? And does it upset you to hear, you know, us on the outside kind of question him? Or do you think with two tournament bids, in seven years, if they don't make it this year, that it's a legitimate question. You know, I think it's a legitimate question, but I think you got to know the man and the heart that comes with it. And the landscape of college basketball has changed significantly in those seven years. And when you look at the transfer portal and the money that's involved, we've got free agency without a salary cap in college basketball. And I know you've heard other people say that. It is a tougher landscape to navigate. Now, I'm not making excuses for Coach Keith. But I do know Kevin. I know the man. I know who he is. I know where he comes from. I know how hard he works. He's put his team in positions to win those games at the end. They haven't executed. Now, are you going to blame the coach for that, or are you going to blame the players? Usually, we blame the coach. But I saw the other night in the game that I called uh, against Syracuse that, you know, they made the adjustments in the second half. They came back. They played with more energy. They came out of the locker room ready to go. They had a chance. They made two critical mistakes late, and it cost them the game. Now, you can say they lost the game in the first half. Chris Bell shook, he was able to shake free for eight triples. Yeah. You usually don't see that. But 
you know, they made the adjustments in the second half. So uh, uh, if you know Kevin and you know the man, then you know how hard he's working, his staff as well. And um, it's just part of what's going on now in college basketball. You're, he did everything right to set his team up to win. That is the voice of the legendary Debbie Antonelli on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Debbie with ESPN uh, and the ACC Network. Debbie, a couple of massive games tomorrow in the conference. UNC at Virginia. Uh, Virginia's been a house of horrors for uh, the Heels the last decade or so. When you look at this particular Heels team, what has to happen for them matchup-wise to come out of Virginia with a win? Well, first of all, let me say something about Tony Bennett and the defense that they play. Yes, it's been a tough up and down for Tony as well. Um, you know, they play well one night. They don't play as well the other night. But here's the thing. You ask any coach in the league, you know the way they're going to defend. You still have to execute. Even when you go high, hard hedge, big, fat, high, hard hedge with high hands in the short roll, he's forcing you to make decisions. Now, North Carolina has decision makers and playmakers at almost every position. I am one that believes Armando Baycott has a switch. And I think in the biggest moments, he turns it on. If you've watched him all season, as I have, from the non-conference into January, I thought he took it up another level. Now we're in February. I think he's taken it up another level. He's taken some pressure off of R.J. Davis. Reese Beekman will have his hands full keeping R.J. Davis in front. That's a challenge for everybody in the league. The front-line play with Jordan Minor and Buchanan, the freshman, they got to keep Baycott off the glass. And then you've got Ingram, who has been fantastic on the board, who's been a game changer for North Carolina. If they execute, take care of the basketball, and get some points in transition, which is a backbreaker for Virginia, they will have a chance to win on the road there. And that's not an easy place to go in and win. I was just there last Saturday for the Wake Forest game. Hey, Debbie, let's talk about Wake Forest. Uh, they had, that's a, that, that Joel is jumping right now. They have not lost a game at home. Duke is pretty darn hot, though, and they roll in there tomorrow. What do you think about this matchup? What are the keys, and, and can Wake get this one? This one they're, they're now Lenardi's first team out. They are right there hanging on their way into this thing. Surely this win would put them on the right side. Can they get it? What do you think? So if you've been listening to me all year, you know I'm big on Wake. I've had a, uh, a lot of confidence in what they've been able to do when they added Epson Reed and then when they added Damari Monsanto to go along with Hunter Salas and Boopy Miller in the backcourt. I mean, these guys can score. So can Duke. I don't think it's going to be a defensive effort at all. I think it's going to be an up-and-down track meet, and I think that's the kind of game that both these teams excel in. So Duke is one of the hotter teams in the country that, I really think that they've been slighted a little bit. You know, after they lost to Pitt at home, don't take anything away from Pitt. They're an excellent team. I think they're a tournament team as well. Blake Henson had a big game. Duke was shorthanded, missing Jeremy Roach and Mark Mitchell. Now, this is a new Mark Mitchell that's playing, right? I mean, this is a Mark Mitchell that we hadn't seen before. Being able to play his role at a high level and being able to score, I didn't think he was going to be able to put 20 points on the board for Duke ever. Yeah. But he's been able to do that, and uh, this is going to be a really fun one to watch. This is a great game for the fans. Debbie, as weird as it sounds, and I'm saying this as a Duke fan, and I, I can't believe this is possibly a thing, has Duke almost flown under the radar a little bit <laughs> because they haven't been overly dominant, but yet they've won a lot of basketball games. I mean, come on. Is Duke ever under the radar? No way, man. <laughs> I mean, come on. They're, they're so Cameron is so hard to go in and win. Uh, and John Shire, I think, in his second year, 
has continued to become a better play caller, more comfortable in situations, um, especially offensive situations at the end of the game. And I think he would admit that. But when you watch him, he's got a little fire in him this year. You know, we've seen him chase down the officials a little bit. We've seen him do some things that, you know, you, you've come to, you know, appreciate about what Coach K could do and the way he could manage games and manage the end of games. Uh, I don't think Duke's ever under the radar, to be honest with you guys. I just think people aren't talking about the ACC in a national perspective. And a lot of that has to do with all the metrics in the net and all the conversation there. And I can tell you right now from all the coaches in the league that I have talked to lately, they don't care about all that stuff. They're just trying to get their team better. Yeah, and 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 when they when you do get them to care, right, and talk about it, Steve Forbes was on our station last week, and he's very critical of the metrics. Jeff Capel, the other night after they lost to Wake, was talking about the narratives that he thinks are unfair to the conference. Do you think that the conference is now underrated? Do you think it is? Do you think there's a narrative out there that is unfair to the ACC? How do you feel about that? I think there's an unfair narrative, and I say that because when you talk to the coaches, they'll tell you they don't see anything that's changed in the league when you get in conference play. It's still the same difficult schedule, unbalanced, who you play, when you play, where you play, injuries, and managing all of that inside conference play. It's just as hard as it's ever been to win. It's not easier in any perspective, and certainly not at the bottom of the league. It's not easier. So... Uh, all the teams at the bottom of the league do play defense. So, uh, you know, I, I would say that there's a narrative out there nationally that because of the way the metrics are consumed by consumers and the way they're put out there by all the different um, sites that there are to, to take a look at it, you can spin numbers any way you want. I think that's why the coaches try to block out that noise with their players and just play. All right, Debbie, we appreciate it. My man Bone is right. You are a true legend. You already had multiple Emmys. You were already in the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. And I alluded to this earlier, but for people that didn't know what that honor was, um, you have now won uh, the 2024 Kurt Gowdy Electronic Media Award. You're a recipient of that award. So you got yourself some hardware. You got yourself some silverware you're winning, and it's well-deserved. We love having your time. Thank you so much for squeezing us in, Debbie. Thank you guys for your kind words, and uh, thank you for having me on. All right. Get me back on next time when we roll around to March. Definitely. Got to do it. Got to do it. That is uh, Debbie Antonelli. She's on March Madness, too, for CBS. She She does. does. Westwood One also. She does. I mean, she is all over the place. She works hard, man. Um, And was a great player at State. Trying to slip in that Duke sneak it up on people. It didn't work this time. See, it's funny. I don't don't mean, like, that they're not getting attention. I just mean, like, when you – if you ask a lot of analysts for most of this year – the name the national title contenders, Purdue, Kansas has been in there, Houston, North Carolina's had their moments in there, of course. Duke, Duke's always been on that three or four seed line the whole way through. That's what I mean. I, I think they're they're playing better right now than I think that might some people might be realizing. Yes, I actually agree with you. Now, I get Debbie's point. Like, are you kidding me? Duke's under the radar because, right, it, it doesn't get seen hardly ever. Right. But I do feel like this they're year. They're not dominating teams per se. They did the other day, but yeah. I feel like this year we've, we've I think everybody's kind of, you know, oh, they're a work in progress. Well, they're starting to look really close to what we expected them to look like. And by the way, you talk about the seed line for them, and I know it's Lenardi, it's one man, and he often will, you know, whiff on some of these things, right? But he has Wake right in that on-deck circle. Last first team out. So we'll see, you know, they can get a big win this week, put themselves in. But Duke Bone, if they if they win this game and if they keep rolling, Duke is now the 10th overall seed per Lenardi. 
you're starting to get in that territory where you're, you know, yeah. you're getting close to moving up to the two line. Yeah. So we'll see how it plays out here. Thanks again to Debbie Antonelli. When we come back here on the Mac and Bone Show on this football, it's not a football Friday, is it? No, not I'm quite. I'm so eh. used to saying football Friday. It's always football time, though, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. The Newark Hornets are 4-0. How pumped are fans about this development? And how's it happened? Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Feels like home. It's one of those things that, you know, you feel believed in, you feel loved, and you're just trying to do your best to help the team and help the city. I know this is way before your time, but kind of cool. The Hornets have not won in this building since 2006. You were eight years old. How does it feel just a Charlotte native being able to break an 18-year drought? Yeah, we talked about it before the game. Like, we talked about, you know, making history of this team, being a team that, you know, start of the season doesn't matter. Um, it's all about from here on out what habits we build um, and who we're trying to be from the future and for, for now. So um, this win was special. It's a very, very hard play to, place to win. Utah has some of the best fans in the league, and it's, it's, they show every single night. So uh, it feels good to get a win here. Oh, man, that was a great clip. Brant Williams feeling like home. Beyonce in the background blaring. Um, that's good stuff. After the Hornets win last night, that's courtesy of the Hornets. On Bally, Ashley Shamity talking to Grant Williams, who hit six three-pointers. He also made X-Factor plays, man, glue guy plays that he makes on the regular. Like playing small ball center bone and and having to hold off marking it one time and Kessler another time on post defense. Getting on the floor for loose balls. This is the type of player. And you throw in the fact bone, he's from Charlotte, went to Providence Day. This kid is going to be beloved. If he isn't already in Charlotte, I think fans are already taking a liking to him. I think this city is going to absolutely love this kid. You know, he speaks with pride about playing here. When we had him on bone... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he talked about the old days of Charlotte at back at the old hive, the old Coliseum dominating, uh, you know, the attendance. And he wants to get it back to that. He wants to not see so many enemy jerseys. I mean, I just I just love what this dude's all about, man. Here's what makes him special here and what made him special in Boston and probably what what went awry in Dallas that we talked about. It takes a unique guy like Grant Williams to be a team leader when you're not one of the most talented or all-star caliber players on the roster. So up there in Boston, Mac, he was a leader. Now, he's a leader off the court, too, with NBA PA stuff, but he was a leader on Boston when he wasn't one of the 1A players. He's up there leading with Tatum and Jalen Brown. He's got that ability, Mac, to lead when he's not one of the main. He's a very good player, but he's never going to be a star within a team. But yet he can still lead because of his personality like he is a star. And that's a very unique trait to have. Absolutely. And he goes down to Dallas and probably try to do that with those guys down there. They probably weren't going to listen to him. And he has. Yeah, that I mean, that could be it. You know, I just a lot of people have texted this in basically laughing at that report now. Uh, Like like because he has already come in and he's not the only one. Right. I think this whole group of five have come in and interjected that locker room with an energy. Guys are excited to play here. They're getting more playing time. Uh, the, the guys that came from Dallas, Grant and Seth, are at home. So I just think there's such a better vibe over there. But Grant Williams has already shown like what, what you're talking about, yeah. how good he can be for a locker room like this that was looking for leaders like this. You know, maybe in Dallas, you're right. Guys like Luke and Kyrie don't want to hear this. 
you know, from a role player or whatever, a young role player. But this is a locker room that needs people like him. And the Hornets win last night over I heard Utah. I ask Kyrie, uh, are you going to play tonight? And Kyrie's like, how dare you? How dare you? Get this guy out of here, man. <laughs> it's my Wednesday. I got stuff I got to do. I heard he told Luca to work in a salad, and Luca didn't like that. <laughs> now, what was the real thing with Luca over the shoes, right? Yeah, did Luca get mad at him? Switch back to the Tatums, I guess. <laughs> he liked the Tatums, wanted to wear those and not the Lucas, and apparently that was really like part of a, of an issue there. Oh man, unbelievable! But you know, that's this. It just seems like we've got a culture, like an immediate instant. It's like instant grits. Instant oatmeal, like instant culture. We go and trade for these five guys, and it's just created a culture and a chemistry, and they win last night if you Did missed you it. Did you just nickname Grant Williams Instant Grits? <laughs> instant culture, baby. <laughs> you just inject him and his buddies to this team, and you've got it. And uh, they win 115-107 last night. They've won four in a row. And here's my question to y'all as you listen. Are you, and I know and I know a lot of people, the answer is going to be yes, but I just want to toss it out there, and I want you all to respond on that text line, 704-570-9610. This new look Hornet squad, are you into this? Is this something that, like, at work today, you'll talk to your buddies about, or you text with your buddies about last night, you're watching the games now, you're making a point to watch the game. Like Bone was saying, this Golden State game tonight now, they're hot. The Hornets are hot. We're fun. They're playing fun basketball. Dell's calling his two sons. Like, are, are you? Are you? Is this an exciting Friday night plan for oh. you? How many people are buying? Are into this? And I hope, I hope that it's more of the people that are enjoying it than you get on the killjoy side. But you know, we got fun policers everywhere around here. But I just, I am just tickled that they have this chemistry. They share the ball. You were, you were, they shoot the ball well. They spread the floor. They play a lot of small ball with Granite to five. I just, it's just a fun team to watch, man. I too am tickled because this team was being compared to the 2012 Bobcats not long ago for the blowouts, how bad they looked. And it, it, nothing will compare to how bad that squad was. But there was moments where you looked at them and said, the vibe felt the same where they would come on TV and you go, oh, I, I've got to watch them now grind out a 37 point loss to somebody. <laughs> it's not only a different team. It's a different brand of basketball. Steve Clifford looks re-energized that they can play his brand of basketball defensively. They're shooting the basketball better. Three of the four games with these guys, 48% from three, 41%, 52%. They're sharing the basketball, 28 assists. 27, 27, 30. The benches had 47, 40, 40, 42. So three-point shooting, uh, passing the basketball, the bench production. The bench at times is better than the starters have been. It's just all the things that ailed them of why they were so bad are looking much better right now. Oh, there's no doubt. And defense, the, too. 23s last night. Yeah, defense, they gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter. With the game on the line last night. Against a team and, that's that, that can put the ball in the basket. can score it. There's no doubt. So I just and the, th and the thing I want to say too, and, and I think most people are texting in saying that that we're, you know, you're excited about this. This team's fun. This texter said didn't know NBA basketball could be fun in Charlotte anymore. And so we're getting a lot of positive responses like that and not kind of snarky. Oh, it's four games. They lost a gajillion and all that. The one thing that I have to say too, if you're on the side of, oh, it's only a few games. Like, this is all gravy to me. Like, the fact that we now have a direction bone and a plan, right, that we made those trades that we made to get future assets and the clear cap room over the, over the next, in, in the immediacy and over the next couple of years. And then we also found some pieces here that I think are going to be a part yes. of this team yep. moving forward. Like, you can't tell me Grant Williams isn't a glue guy on this team moving forward. 
Um, uh, and then you look at guys like Trey Mann and Misich. I'm very, you know, at least one of those guys, I figure, is the backup point guard on this squad moving forward. So I don't know, man. The, the combination of the trade injecting this life and playing selfless basketball and, and they try hard and they're on the floor. It's just, I mean, this is a team like when you – when you're taught to play basketball, this is the way you're taught to play. Not to get like cheesy about it, but you're taught to give the effort that these guys are giving. And I don't think the effort was there with the old group. Um, you're taught to share the basketball. I don't think this team shared it enough. I don't think they moved it enough. So I think it's awesome. And then on top of it, Bone, we still have all the assets we've acquired for the future. We still are, are planning for the future. So I just... Short term and long term, I think you gotta be pleased with the Hornets, man. And there's still two massive pieces to join this group. Uh, Lamelo, relatively soon, we think. Mark Williams, Mac, I, I, I don't know if he's gonna play again this year, which is concerning. But still, we're gonna factor him into the future. But there's concerns there. You brought up the best point there, though, of all, that it's guys that are playing for something. We hope that is for here. The guys that just left, uh, Rogier played hard. This this form of Rogier was always about, is he going to get traded? How does he fit in? P.J. Washington it was, what is P.J.? Why is he so inconsistent? Are they going to trade P.J.? Hayward, we know it was that he never played. It was all about either those guys leaving or what was wrong with those guys. We're now watching these new guys and trying to figure out, not are they leaving, how do they fit into the future? Yeah, who fits? How can they fit? What's their role? You know what I mean? Like I, I heard KB talking about Trey Mann. He's like, can we play Trey Mann and play him in the backcourt next to LaMelo? Can we do that? I'm kind of wondering, you know, about him and Misich and who's the back. I'm kind of thinking more backup point guard. They're both good. And, like, and I don't know. These it's it's there's something fun for the future to think about now. Right? And Grant Williams is getting paid, but a lot of these guys, Mac, aren't on big contracts. So fans are going to gravitate towards the underdog story of what these guys are playing for. PJ just got paid and he was still inconsistent. Uh, Rogier was on a relatively large contract. We loved Rogier. Hayward. It was all about him not playing in the money. It was all about these guys making money. They're not playing or they're inconsistent. This group is fun to watch because they're all playing kind. Not all of them, but some guys are playing for their futures here. More no, so they are. Guys. Yeah, that, I, I said it last week. I'll say it again, though. It's like it's three guys that came from OKC that weren't getting playing time that often. So they're thrilled to be here, right, because they're getting regular minutes. And then it's the two guys from Dallas who we're going home. So you have five guys that are excited to be here. I'm not sure we had five total guys that were excited to be here on the old old look Hornets. You know what yeah. I mean? They, they were miserable. I'm not sure the fans. I don't think we were excited to be here in Charlotte. I mean, so it's just that injection of guys that are like excited about this opportunity, I think, has spread. I think it's contagious. And I'm glad to see it. Most people are texting in, loving the chemistry. They're picking out the guys like that. That um, This guy says if Grant Williams plays the rest of his career here, he could be an all-time beloved Hornet. Yeah, I, I think I, I think he's that sort of personality and player. I, I, I wouldn't, I don't think the guy's saying Bone, he'll be an all-time great Hornet. Yeah. But in terms of just fan love, he loves being here. It means something to him to get the enemy fans out of the stadium. I don't, like, I just, I think fans are, are going to flock he, to this dude, man. He might be what Frankie Luvu is for the Panthers, right? He may not always be the guy you think is the best defensive player on a team. He can be any given moment, but he's energy. He's leadership. He's fire. I think there's a similar thing there with, with what they can provide to a, to a team. Absolutely. All right. So are you, are you, we, on, my, are you on my side that of the of the comparison of uh, Bertans to the West Virginia mascot and Dale Jr. yet? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of comparisons. The bonus is in there. Didn't you say Mo Schrute last week too from the office? He's in there. Yeah. I was seeing that last night when I looked at him. I was seeing Mo's. But yes, there's a lot of lookalikes. But the Latvian laser dude, he is. He's basically. I don't even know if he checks in before he takes his first shot. That dude comes in in a shooting position ready to catch and shoot, bro. Like, he stands at the scorer's table checking in, and his hands are up. He's ready to shoot. God, he can – and this team can shoot the ball. And in 2024, God, how much easier is the game when you can space it, play five out, and everybody can shoot? And when LaMelo comes back, he's going to have a lot of space. Bertans, you know, he is. Bertans is to the corners what we are to the vending machines here. <laughs> Just immediately after the show, immediately running to our spots. All right, so do you want me to bring up – most people are positive. Most people give people are giving Mitch praise. Oh, there's no doubt Mitch knocked these out of the park on his way out or upstairs or wherever we're saying that he is gone now. Um, this texture says the next step is for the owners to nail the hires of the executives and then for those guys to nail the coaching hire, or we'll see. Bone brought it up earlier. How many wins do they really get the rest of the year, and does that change the way the new owners look at Steve Clifford? I don't know. It's an interesting question, at least. This, this team might be built more for him than the previous one because he had no – he just took over a roster that had nothing to do with him. So right now he's – and maybe, Mac, he can tap into these guys more because of what we're talking I about. I think you're already seeing it, yep. you know. All right, so do you want to – we're on sports radio, so we have to deal with the negative comments, right? We can't just do as much as much as I love being a rah rah pom pom guy, and I'm excited, and I can I, I want to watch the game tonight. Um, uh, and this team is fun, and the future I think has direction. We got to bring up the two negative points that people have. Bone, what do you think about these? I hate the them. one. Um, the one is Lamelo. It seems like. You know how the, the vitriol was out there towards LaMelo, right, over the laughing, over the injuries, over maybe him still trying to learn to play, you know, floor general basketball, I'll put it that way. Um, it seems like this has created more of that animosity to, towards LaMelo. This texter says, don't think it's a coincidence we're playing our best ball and LaMelo is out. Yeah, sure. This texter says, now we got to see if LaMelo can stop taking 35-foot threes and actually feed these shooters. Here we go. What do you think about the negativity towards LaMelo? This team has almost made per people even find another talking point to use against LaMelo, it feels like. This team is shooting better, right? They're surrounded by guys like Curry and, and uh, Bertans and Grant Williams, who's got that top of the key three down. This team is, is more of a team in nature. We don't think LaMelo, whose game when he entered the league, Mac, was all about playmaking and passing can adapt to those around him. We don't, so Lamelo can just never adapt. It's just going to be, I, I don't, I, I admit that his shot selection, especially this year at times before he got injured, he was settling too much. But I think part of that might've been because he felt he had to. We don't think that Lamelo, the talented passer and playmaker that he is, can adapt to those around him. We, so he's just going to shoot 30 footers and not pass the ball. It's ridiculous. I, you and I'm pretty I, sure the guy can adapt his game to what's around him here. You and I are kind of different on this, where I figure long-term he can. I would hope he figures out there are 15 assists to be had on this team. There's 15 assists a game. Just kick it to the shooters. And I would hope he can figure that out. Um, but I do think initially, I think it could take a little bit of time to fi to figure it out initially. Between we got time. Two. We got a lot of time. They're and we do, and we do. But I'm just saying, like, like the first game Lamelo comes back, I want, I, I, I wonder how it goes because he plays a certain way, and this team right now is sharing the ball. Watch Brandon. Watch, watch the way Brandon Miller's played since these guys came in. 
He's not shooting as much as he was before these guys came in. He doesn't force because he knows there's made buckets all around that three-point arc, right? I don't need to force anything. I don't think Bridges is forcing near as much as he was. LaMelo is a forcer. You know what I mean? I love him. He's a major talent, one of the most talented guys ever played for the Hornets, but he's a forcer, and he's got to do less of that. I think he can adjust. I think Cliff can help him adjust. But, like, if you think it's just the second he plays, he just blends right in. It looks like it has the last four Never games. Never said that. I don't. I disagree with that. Well, I thought you pushed back when I said that last week. No, well, here's my point, though. Well, oh, he might mess it up. Well, mess up what? Yeah, they're playing better. They've got 27 games to go. We don't have much room for error. We can only lose like they're, two or three to get our play-ins. They're, they're, <laughs> 14 and four. They're 14 and guys. I know we're excited. We all are. We're happy they're playing better. They're 14 and 41. They're still 10 out of the last possible playing spot. So if it takes a few games for Romello to get adjusted, is that going to set him back? The, is that going to set him off course to what? No. There's no a lot that's of, a good point, too. There's 27 games as of today. We'll see when he plays again. There's a lot of games left for them to figure out some chemistry issue. So when they get to October next year, maybe it's all figured out. There's that's a, a good point, of, so too. Actually, they might benefit Mac from having such a bad record right now because they're going to have time here to work on some things. This texter says, uh, adapt. How about he put on some damn ankle braces? This texter says, uh, Mac is enabling and empowering the LaMelo haters. Oh, Shut your boy. mouth. I'm just trying to make a point that, like, I do think that it's going to take a little uh, of an adjustment. This team is really, this ball's popping around. No one cares who scores the points right now. Um, the good news is, like you said, he is an amazing passer. And he needs to play like LeBron did in the past. Like when they, like when teams in the past, the Heat or whatever, or, or the Cavs, like when they would surround LeBron with shooters and he would just drive and kick out all over the place. Like that's the sort of game. He will have way more space now. He will have way more space, especially when they play five out and Grant plays small ball five. Holy crap, he's going to have space. So he can take advantage of it. I do expect uh, it to take time. I hope he Your comes, point's a good one, too. I hope you know? game one he breaks the assist record, has 31 assists, and breaks Scott Skiles' record, and it just shuts yaps. Just shuts yaps game one. Talking about, I want him are to you shut mad yaps. at me? You're talking about me? No, I'm just saying in general. I think that LaMelo, don't forget how gifted of a passer the dude is and a playmaker, and I think that'll play a factor. It may take some time, but my overall point is we got a little time here to work the thing yes, out. Yes, that is fair true too. Now the it's other not like one, it's not like Matt, they're a game and a half out of the, uh, the play-in, and it's like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Here's, we're not there. We're not a game and a half out fair yet. Fair point. We got plenty of time. Work the chemistry out. You're ultimately better. And that's the cool thing about this. We don't have LaMelo or Mark Williams. So add that talent and then let them mesh and gel. If it takes time, let them mesh and gel. Um, now, here's the other point, Bone, that seems to come up at least five or six times on the text line is the Miles Bridges factor. I'm out until Miles Bridges comes back. I can't get in. You know, um, I'm not buying in with Miles Bridges on this team. I get that feeling 100%. I've been very upset about that. It's why I kind of it's why I wanted him dealt the trade deadline just not to have that kind of black cloud hanging over where you feel mixed feelings about rooting, right? Yeah. Uh, he hit three really big shots last night. He's a hell of a talent. I just I don't know, man. I I, I think I can't tell anybody how to feel about that. And that's one where I can't like you know what I mean? If people feel that way, I don't know if there's anything I can say to them. I understand why you feel that way. I I try to look at it like I'm rooting for the rest of the guys. I don't know though, but I but that that's one that's harder to deal with. 
than the Lamelo like cheap shots that people take. It's, you know what I mean? It's more complex than just basketball. Yeah, yeah. Lamelo is a lot of basketball haters, and he forces. And look, some of the stuff has been justified, but but the point is, I also think that Lamelo might have been frustrated with how bad the team was, and I think he just start. I think he got out of sorts a little bit there because he felt like he had to do it all. Let's see what happens when he comes out. Let's give it when he comes back. Let's give it. 10, 12 games like he did before and see how he gels with these yeah. guys. What we want is them gelling because it's all about next year. I know that people make jokes about the playoffs, but it's all about how does this nucleus look? Miller, Lamelo, how do they look playing together with these guys for next year? If they end the year in a positive note, that's all we could ask for right now. Still 10 back in the, uh, the play-in, but I know you don't like when I update this. No, Still I just did it. Yeah. back into play in. And um, I believe, Bone, we got three losses to play with, man. All right, we got three losses to play with in the play in quest from poo poo to play in. That is the story <laughs> of the 2023 2024 Hornets that I want written. Is it going to happen? Probably not. But God, I would love that. Do you to know be they written. haven't played the Cavs yet this year? Yeah, that's a good they, point. They have yeah. three, and they're one of the hot. They, they play them three times in like a month or so. When we come back, oh, this is fun, too. Charlotte FC is back. How pumped up is the WFNZ family to have footy back in our lives on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ? Stepping over, setting it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Spiderski. One touch, he scores! Another one for Spiderski! And that one was more impressive than the first! The golden touch of Carol Spiderski just gets more impressive. That was the call. That was the viral moment right there for the P Man. That was it. Uh, uh, that is. Charlotte FC Radio Network. They'll be in action tomorrow night. Uh, the team and Jess and Willie, 7 o'clock pregame here on WFNZ. And hang out at the do- at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Doors will open at 4.30. Um, all the great sponsors back in action at the Doghouse. Pepsi, JJ's Red Hots, and Planet Kia. The only bad news about that clip is Carol Swiderski's on loan right now over to Europe. He is not a part of this squad right now. But Charlotte FC begins their third season tomorrow. And I want to talk about this a little bit here with the WFNZ audience, right? The core sports fans in Charlotte. How do you, how excited are you about this third season of Charlotte FC soccer. If you listen to this show, you know that this is one of my favorite things right now about sports in Charlotte. Soccer has become one of my favorite sports over the last six or seven years. I've fallen in love with it. And uh, this, to me, I said said it earlier, Bone, the atmosphere at the Charlotte FC games, to me, is the best right now in Charlotte sports for me. I just love it. You talk about, I mean, 
You look at last year. You're wearing the oh, uh, the new kit they said. The, I got the, the new kit on the, today, baby. The second one they said, right? I'm so pumped up. Yeah, they need to send my right size. All right, don't sh- don't fat shame me on the air bone. All right, they needed to send no, the right no, size saying, no, for me. They were kind enough to send you a second one right there. This one was. <laughs> yeah, good they said we have to send them another one because he's a sorry fat piece of. Okay. The first right. one, Thank you, fellas. The first Thank one you. had trouble getting over the mezzanine. <laughs> oh, no. Got stuck in my belly button when I tried to pull it over. All right. Uh, but anyway, um, for my money, the best atmosphere going, it doesn't matter what's going on with that team. That supporter section will not stop the chants. They will not stop singing the chants. And I just think it's unlike anything else you're going to see in Charlotte sports. For you, Bone. Do you get excited for the start of a Charlotte FC season? Like, do- oh, oh, yeah, it adds more to the to the sports calendar. Uh, without football, you know, we've got a ton of ba- Saturday. Mac is just an insane sports day. When you look at all the college basketball, you look at you get FC into the mix. There, it is a uh, it's a fun day. Without football, we need stuff to sort of you know be in our world. So I love that it comes back so quickly after the Super Bowl. After football's done, we now have something else to focus on to talk about. And uh, that that is on our Saturdays for the most part. This text other days too, but you know what I mean. This texter says Charlotte FC's back. More Willie goal calls and more Jess. That's what I'm saying. We it got does, a, we got a great team in the booth too, baby. How deep in the bag is Willie for new calls? I don't know. Has he been working on I, it? Well, you know, he's been spraying the throat coat in, and I think he has been typing out some new catchphrases yeah, and some new goal that's calls. It. Jess is back. I that's always a good thing too. So here's the thing, though, on the actual field or pitch, if you will, right? And we'll talk to Jess. Footy Fridays are back. Jess wants to make sure we're talking soccer and other things. She wants to be allowed to keep goofing off with us. So it'll be soccer and some fun stuff coming up at 925. The one thing that I think Bone would have people, like this texter brings it up right here, and says Charlotte FC has been a great addition to the sports landscape. Like Bone said, I'm just worried about the players' loss. Yeah, even Dean Smith leveled with everybody in the presser yesterday. And he didn't exactly say it like Miguel did. Remember the Miguel were screwed thing in Spanish? Like that that was the wrong way to start things off. But even Dean Smith said, hey, to be a top quality side, we're a couple players away. But he acknowledged we're looking for those players. And that's the one thing I'm getting from a couple of texters is we lost players. Like, how's that going to hurt us? Uh, The good news is, Bone, they're willing to spend Tepe Bucks. Like the offers they were making to bring in the kid from Columbia, the mid, and they're looking for that creative midfielder we haven't had yet. Um, but the guy from Columbia, the guy from the Danish kid, like the money they have offered is is ridiculous. So they are looking to use Tepper's resources in a positive right. way. I think eventually they're going to bring in, whether it's wing, whether it's a midfielder. But I don't underestimate the Dean Smith factor, right? Tar Heel fans, you've said this many times in your life. Do not under, underestimate Dean Smith. I think, Bone, watching them in the preseason, like you look at them, I think they're going to be a lot better organized. I don't think they're going to leave themselves open in the back, you know what I mean, defensively and get exposed. Not Um, like those MLB player jerseys. Yeah, last year, late in games, we were getting exposed like an MLB player wearing them new pants. That's a good one, Flav. I like that. I just tweeted out, Mac, with MLB blackout rules. This is the most of players we've seen in years. <laughs> hey, look at that. Look at that Pittsburgh Pirate player. Oh, wow. That's a funny one. Yeah, you, Holy thought, cow. you thought you never got to see Mike Trout? Check him for, out in those new for pants. Those, for those what that, are those pants? For those that don't know, there's a controversy. The new MLB <laughs> pants with Fanatics and Nike are completely see-through. And we're seeing a lot more Louisville sluggers than we want to oh, see. Hey, now. Hey, 
know. It really is ridiculous that they actually made those and thought that was a good idea. Yeah, yeah. As sheer as those things are. But we digress. Um, I just think four. I don't think we're going to blow the leads. I think we're going to be better defensively bone with Dean Smith. And I think he can make an impact. I think Latanzio was trying to play a style that maybe didn't fit our personnel. And I think Dean Smith will play a style where we defend, play without the ball a little more. Um, and I think Dean Smith will be more pragmatic. Latanzio is playing an aggressive style with a lead with 10 minutes left to go. It's like, how do you not scale that back? You know, so is this the, I, I think Dean Smith makes an impact, yeah. even though we've lost a couple of designated players. So Dean Smith will raise us up, right? That's, That's what I'm hoping. But the question That's what is, I, I believe. But the can. question with that will probably be, how long does it take? Is that is that fair that the, the system, the players, that Smith might be the right guy, but it might not be immediate, meaning February, March, April? I think the defense could be solid right, right off the bat. I mean, right. it hasn't a preseason, but that's preseason, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. We've we've learned in the past, Bone, as I draw big conclusions from preseason games and then realize that didn't mean a damn thing. <laughs> My question to y'all out there listening, like, are y'all more into Charlotte FC? Because I get it. Everybody's going to have their own, like, doing a show like this, like, everybody's going to have their own degree of, like, interest in Charlotte FC. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are going to be people that just, oh, soccer, you're talking about soccer again, all that, right? But I just wonder how many people, like, are you more interested now than you were before? And I just hope that's the case. If you go out to a game, I think that'll suck you in more. I just hope people get more into it and appreciate it a little more They're used as, to it. as the years go on, right? You open up your mind. I used to, I you could pull old tape of me, Bone, a decade ago, longer than a decade ago, hating on soccer. Like, I did not like it a lot. Even you though I played used, it as a kid. You, you and now look at me. I you love it. You adapted. You got used to it. I'm sure in year oh. three now, there are some fans like you that are like, what, what's this you all gotta about? you got to open your mind. Yes. That's all it takes. So I hope some people have opened their mind. They, by the way, the text about Mike Trout right now yeah. in those pants. Three in a row. Are just three funny, but also not sure I can read them on the well, air. It, it involves, the, it involves uh, a trout. Mike's, Mike's trout. trout. Yeah. Mike's trout. <laughs> Oh, my God. Stanford yeah. P's going to his first game Saturday, and he's a big soccer guy. So I'm surprised this is his first one. This is a good one to go to because when they open up the stadium, you get the, you know, upper deck seats will be like 15 bucks, you know, so you'll get, you know, you'll get in even cheaper. So I don't know. I hope more people buy into it. This texter says, I'm more into it now, but I can't say I'm a soccer aficionado. I mean, got to start somewhere with it, you know, and there'll be some people bone that will never, you know what I mean? Like, asking them to watch soccer is asking them to stare at baseball players in these pants, yeah. you know what I mean, for three hours straight. Like, I get it. Some people, but just, I, I do think more minds are opening up. The live I mean, experience is insane good. It, it, it is. Just it's, is. It's, it's all time It's like stuff. a NASCAR race. You know, people that don't appreciate NASCAR watching on TV or even a hockey, hockey game, yep. right? There are some sports that you will appreciate more if you go to. That's all This I'm is kind of like hockey, but it's it's on grass and <laughs> not cold uh, on the field. And they don't have sticks the, or the equipment. It's uh, There's no pump. This, I don't really know. What, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like hockey. No, this, all right. This text line has been taken over. There's yeah. some good Charlotte FC talk, but the Mike Trout jokes right now yeah. are taking over the text line. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Y'all By the way, Tony Clark of the MLBPA Mac is sending representatives to go check out and see what the problem is. Well, we all see what the problem is, Tony Clark. God, that's a rough job to have, where you got to go down there two feet away from a dude's crotch and just inspect the pan. Yeah, they're too sheer. Sure enough. What are you seeing on Mount Castle down there? <laughs> Excuse me, sir? Yeah, Mount Castle. Oh, okay. Oh, oh man. <laughs>
I cannot believe they they produced those pants and thought that was a good idea. It's y'all got to look at. Well, I don't know. Do they need to look it up on it online or not? I'm not sure. It's pretty easy to see. <laughs> these are the team photos they're taking. Oh my God! They're not thinking anything of it. It took the fans to be like, "Yo, are you seeing this?" I like, inside, I like inside access to my Yankees, but now I know way too much. You talk about, you talk about fantasy baseball. Oh, my, oh my God. Anyway. Oh, What's geez. next? I'm, 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 I've lost it. I'm out. Send us a break back, please. All right. We got to take a breather here. Bone is losing his composure over the new baseball pants. Someone jokes. said they saw a member of the Brewers Rosin bags. <laughs> when we come back, let, let's go. Jeez. Let's go. Let's go American football when we come back, y'all. We spin the wheel of wide outs. Which wide receiver do we want the wheel to land on in free agency? Coming up.